You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, marketing and what B2B says. Nope, we're jumping in. We're going for it. (laughs) You're going for it. Welcome to episode 34 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. My name is Mike. I'm the product lead here at Klungi. And thank you for being patient and waiting for uh, some of these new episodes to come out. We realize we haven't been super consistent in our release schedule, but uh, for good reason, we've been working on some really cool things in the background that we'll be releasing in early 2022 that uh, will be really helpful for this community, I think. And we're, we're super excited about it. So more on that in a future episode. But for today, we are talking about a question that came from a community member, actually, um, around the idea of expanding their beachhead and trying to figure out when to introduce new verticals and industries into their go-to-market. So it's an interesting question that comes up when you're, you know, building your 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 product and your customer base about how many verticals do I actually advertise on my website? How many uh, different groups of people should I say that I actually service. And if you listen to the podcast, you should be familiar with uh, Stein and I and how how staunch we are advocates for, you know, picking a minimum viable market and going after just that group of people and positioning yourself just for them. And that's really great to get your product kind of off of the ground and to get your your initial customer base and build some momentum and some traction. But at a certain point, you start to see um, opportunities for expansion of that beachhead. And so this is what we're talking about today, which is uh, what signals should you be kind of looking at and how should you rationalize adding new verticals or um, audiences uh, that you service onto your website? And when should you start talking about those things? So Anyways, that's what we talk about today, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. When we build a website, uh, Mike, or we help a company with their um, you know, online presence, building on another to- topics we've had in multiple podcasts and nailing a niche, it's it's always an interesting question that comes up: How many verticals do I put on my website? How do I make sure I cater to everybody who will come to my website? And there's a whole bunch of topics kind of behind this. One is, do you actually know who comes to the homepage of your website, mm. right? If people land on the homepage of your website, they might've been typing in the URL or clicked on a link in an email or in an advertisement, and which begs two questions. One is, if they clicked on a link somewhere, should they have been landing on your homepage or could you have made it much easier for the person clicking by leading them to a landing page that is related to what they just clicked on. So if they click on your link in an ad, in a web a website that refers to you, in an email, then of course, if, if that's a large part of your traffic, make sure that they land on a page where you can just cater to what they were looking for when they clicked. Um, and the other thing, if people actually come to your website unaided, they type in the URL, are those going to be prospects or are those, those are definitely people who already know your company. They knew the URL. So they might be employees, they might be stakeholders, they might be existing customers. So if you, if you think that's the case, and that's not always, it's not always that simple, but, but think about that. And then catering your homepage 
to the right audience is a completely different question. Now you should cater to your existing customers or your <laughs> your stakeholders, right? Because prospects might never land there, right? Prospects might land on the blog articles that you write that rank on SEO, um, uh, that rank in uh, in Google search engines. And that's where they land, right? They don't land on your homepage. So let's talk about, you know, verticals and industries, et cetera, in a sec. But that's always my first thought, Mike, when someone asks me, hey, how many verticals do I put in my navigation structure on the homepage? Right. And at what point do you start to weave those things in there? Because I know in one of our previous podcasts, we, you know, we talked about just find why it's super important to find your niche and why it's super important to say we do x for y you know like we are we provide a service for a specific group of people and at what point do you start to kind of um, break out of that beachhead and um, create the right materials for those other industries and i'm curious to see if, if you if you have any thoughts on on that because it's it's not an easy question to answer. I think a lot of it comes with just it's like a, a gut feel almost uh, in some cases. And you start to see some things and patterns when it comes to maybe like new new customers that are starting to emerge in those industries. But I'm wondering if there's any indicators that that you use specifically to kind of like navigate that that arena. Yes, I do. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> As always. Yeah, you guess so. Right. Uh, when when you're sometimes fighting, but usually discussing <laughs> with your other leadership team peers, right? You're the CMO or you're the CEO, and you want to keep this website simple. You want to keep the nav structure you know, from not having 20 menu items and, and make it super clean and easy for people to um, to understand. When people make the case that say, hey, we need to have this vertical in our a menu structure or we need to have this piece of content like on the homepage because there's so many people who care about it the first question that always comes to mind okay show me the content if we are really strong in this vertical do we have a couple of customer testimonials do we have great content that describes what we do in the voice of that vertical right have we written up the value proposition in a way that's meaningful for that audience yeah do we have actually the content to make it worth uh, creating an extra a special section in our website uh, for that. And the reality is that when you do, if you actually have that content, then publishing that, for example, having a blog article that really goes deep on how your solution works for certain verticals and what the pain points are in that vertical that we solve for and have really valuable content for that. That's a far better first step than debating whether that should show up in the top level of your navigation structure on your website. But then at some point you can decide to do that, right? But that's going to be more driven by how do people navigate your website and you use tools like... yeah, you use tools that have click streams and show you how people navigate uh, a site like, like Hotjar. Um, yeah, you probably have a couple other examples, Mike. But to find out, are there really places where people get stuck, right? And do you need to put something in the navigation structure to make it easier for people to find things? But it starts with, do you actually have the content to back up this uh, claim that you have something to offer for a certain vertical industry, for example? Uh, Other tools like Hotjar or um, Crazy Ag, uh, User Story, uh, I think there are many other tools. Microsoft Clarity now has a a free tool. Um, You just pay for it with your data. So as long as you're okay with that. Yeah, I think if you 
if you just understand the data and how people behave on your website, that's a great start. Yeah. So when you look at the traffic that lands on your homepage, um, yeah, understanding what they're doing, where they're clicking first, might be a good start. And if you hopefully get a lot of your traffic not land on your homepage because you have great landing pages and you make sure that you link to those um, people who land on a blog article, who, who land on a piece of product information, what are they looking for, right? And can you help them right there with one or two clicks or do they actually have to go navigate through your website first? I think that is really important to, uh, to understand first. And then if there is a reason to position yourself servicing multiple verticals, multiple parts of the market with great content on your homepage with a carousel, for example, that shows multiple types of clients, by all means do so. But I think it's, it's really important first to ask yourself who is actually landing here and what are they trying to do? One other note, this is like, uh, this is very tactical, but um, something that I've used in the past is, um, first of all, the most, I think one of the most valuable things that you can have set up for your website and connected is Google Search Console. It gives you all of the, like SEMrush and um, Moz and Ahrefs will tell you, they'll give estimates for how many people are are clicking through your site based on certain keywords that you're ranking for, but they don't actually know because they don't have your 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 domain data. So um, <clears throat> to actually get that data, if you set up Google Search Console, uh, it will tell you which keywords and queries your site is ranking for. And um, if you have HubSpot and you build on their CMS, you can integrate that and it will actually show you um, on a specific page, all of the keywords that your your page ranks for, and sometimes you'll you'll notice. Um, Stein, you have an interesting story that I think we should talk about, which is like how to do simple keyword research and not get bogged down in the SEO side of things when you're first getting started. But um, you can look at any particular page that's been up for a little bit and and see if there are keywords that it's ranking for that you may not have predicted it would rank for, and then create a new page that optimizes for that keyword. And because you've already built domain authority for that specific um, search term, you're more likely to have your new page rank for that term because you're building domain authority and you're creating a lot of like equity in that space. And that's how a lot of um, small companies actually create an SEO strategy is they build one kind of small niche, a lot of content in it, and then they start to branch out. So. The way that this relates back to the industry topic is if you have um, pages that are ranking for, let's say, um, I'm gonna use accounts payable automation, accounts payable automation for healthcare, um, you can also start to create pages that um, have like tertiary or ancillary relationships. So accounts payable automation for biomedical. You can create a vertical page that's a little bit different, but because you already are ranking for something that's accounts payable for healthcare, um, Google is smart enough to recognize that biomedical is actually pretty similar in the same space. Um, so that's just a, a note as well. Um, and it's also a good indicator that if you look up accounts payable automation for biomedical and there's actually search volume for it, then it's worth creating a page for, right? So in a lot of niches where you're creating a market uh, there are not people searching for your specific solution because they're not even sure they have a problem or they don't know that there is an, a solution that exists in that space 
Um, but if there are people searching for it and you already have a little bit of domain authority um, and all the other things that you're talking about, Stein, which is testimonials, um, good customer quotes, examples and case studies where you've actually serviced that audience well, then it can be a good um, kind of cue to, to start expanding a little bit.